Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 234. Today is July 1st, 2017. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager of investablewealth.com. Well, in today's episode, I want to make good of my promise to discussing a leading economic indicator that generally shows up before a recession. Now, I know I promised to do this last month, but better late than never. Before I get into today's topic, I will mention that no, I haven't been on vacation. I haven't been enjoying myself. In fact, I've had my head down, buried in the numbers, trying to get a better understanding of what's going on with the current stock market conditions. And many times over these past couple of weeks, I've been tempted to sell or make adjustments to my portfolio, particularly in wanting to take advantage of some profits on some of the international stocks that have done so well. However, in each case, once I dug down and I looked at the underlying data and I studied the price and volume action of the positions that I'm holding, and then when I reevaluated what was going on in what I felt were current short-term trends that would be taking place over the coming days and weeks and maybe a few months, well, when I put all that together and I analyzed it, at the end of every trading day, I had decided not to sell and to just hold my positions the way they are. Now, this does go contrary to a lot of the gloom and doom you've been hearing. In fact, about every talking head and pontificator out there, I think they're all lining up to see who can get in front of a camera or a microphone and predict the next recession. And so that's going to be a lot of what today's episode is about trying to determine some indicators that are going to give us an idea for the next recession or for the next market pullback. Now, I need to preface all this by reminding you, as I always do, I don't have a crystal ball, I can't predict the future, and neither can anyone else. There is no one algorithm or one genius guru out there that can know exactly what's going to happen. And although we like to look back at historic indicators and we use those as guides or as mile markers to help us determine what's going to happen in the future. Remember, none of those things can actually predict the future. They are simply guides. They're simply ways to help us understand the past so we can have a better and, and perhaps a clearer outlook on the future, but they don't predict the future. So when someone starts telling you about the amazing algorithm they have or how they've back-tested their data, so what? Let me tell you, I've been doing this for a lot of years, in fact, a lot of decades, and I can promise you that no one can accurately predict the future, and if they could, they wouldn't be sharing the information with you. So take that for what it's worth. Think about it as you assess your position in the stock market and the means that you use to determine how you're moving in and out of positions. But for me, right now, I'm continuing to hold my positions. I don't care what the talking heads say. If you'll notice in this 24 news hour cycle that we're in, one day all the media will be talking about, say, event X and how event X is going to cause event Y. And the markets will go crazy during trading hours and then in after hours trading, there'll be more movement and people will be focused on what the politicians are saying in, in Washington, D.C. or what is or what isn't getting accomplished or what some CEO is talking about or what merger or acquisition may be taking place. And within a day or less, everybody forgets about it. The market goes back to normal. Everyone forgets about X and Y, and you know what? Boom, Z pops up, and everybody pontificates about Z. 
and the impact of Z absolutely positively is going to mean that W is going to happen. But you know what? Same thing happens. The markets get all jittery. There's a lot of volume and volatility. Late night TV, that's all they talk about on the news and cable channels. In pre-market and after-market activity, all kinds of positions are switched around. And then again, in the next day or so, Y never takes place. That's usually the pattern, but it has been escalating over the past several months and definitely over the past few weeks. So as I always recommend, take the news with a grain of salt. And if you notice that the Well Setting Podcast isn't putting out any new episodes or if I'm not saying anything over my blog post at investablewealth.com, then you can be pretty sure that I'm just holding my current positions and I'm not making any rash decisions. And that takes us to today's topic, which is one of the leading indicators that I look at to determine a recession. I don't listen to the talking heads. I look at the data and I see what the market and the numbers are telling me. Now, this indicator I'm going to talk about is not a sure-fired algorithm like none of them are. It works most of the time. It works a lot of the time. It may not work the next time. It's not infallible. It may be a little slow. But in general, I think it's a pretty good indicator and a whole lot better than listening to some blowhard in the media. The indicator I'm talking about is the unemployment rate, and specifically, it's when the unemployment rate bottoms out and starts moving up. Now, you know I'm a skeptical person. I've talked many, many times in past episodes about how I don't always believe all these economic indicators, and I try and focus on market indicators. I did a whole episode on that. You can go back and search it. You'll find it. The difference in the two is subtle, and in many cases, you can say, well, the unemployment rate is just an economic indicator because it's something that a bunch of economists put together, and it's a number they publish, and they probably manipulated it. And I won't deny anything with that. I think our unemployment rate is much higher than the official number. However, on a comparative basis, on a relative basis, as long as you're using their numbers, you can still use that as a yardstick to measure the unemployment rate. Even though it may be being manipulated, since you're using their distorted numbers to track it, it still is a viable indicator. The other point I want to make about the unemployment rate is that although it is used as an economic indicator, it is also purely a market indicator. It's a market indicator because it does track what is happening in the market. And so while statisticians may use it to fudge the numbers, it is a real concrete element and something that exists within the market. And so as we try and seek the truth, we can use that indicator to help us gauge the economy and where we think the market may be headed. Now, I bring all this up because about a month ago, I did a video over at YouTube. I'll put a link in today's show notes that'll take you over to it. And I just made a really simple comparison where I put up a chart of the unemployment rate uh, pretty much in the last 50, 60 years covering the post-World War II era. So it showed the unemployment rate going back to, you know, the late 1940s, early 1950s and showed it up till today. And then also superimposed on that chart were vertical gray lines that indicated when the country had gone into a recession. Now, there were 11 recessions that had happened over this period of 55, 60 years. And you'll notice when you look at that chart that in almost every case, the recessions always begin as the unemployment rate starts to move up from hitting a bottom. Now, what I think is the real interesting element of this, and it's not something that I went into a whole lot of detail in that video, and that's what I want to talk about in today's episode is, is, you know, what's driving that? What's making that happen? 
And the important thing to remember there is that it's irregardless of what the unemployment rate is. So even if the unemployment rate was really low, like it was in the 1950s, or like it's really low today, the littlest uptick in the unemployment rate tends to put the country into recession. So we'll talk about why that might be in a minute. But let me just drill down and, and explain these numbers a little bit more. I realize this is audio and it's hard to follow along with numbers, but please go back, look at that YouTube video and you'll see what I'm talking about. But let me just try and illustrate it for you for a minute here. So when I say that it doesn't matter what the unemployment rate is, if you go back to like 1949, 1950, the unemployment rate had been dropping drastically, you know, since the soldiers had come home from World War II. America was starting to rebuild the world, our economy started to flourish, and the unemployment rate dropped from like, you know, say 8%, and it fell all the way down to the lowest, I believe, in history, the at least recorded history, and it was something like 2.75. Even though the economy was hammering along at that rate, and the rate was so low, the very instant that that rate started to tick up, the country went into a recession. Now, counter that to what happened in the 1970s and 1980s. In the mid-1970s, when we were coming through the Arab oil embargo and inflation had skyrocketed, the unemployment rate skyrocketed up to around 9%. This would be in 19, like 74, 75. Well, once the economy started to adjust, that unemployment rate started to plummet. And around maybe 1978, it went all the way down from 9%. It fell all the way down below 6%, probably to about 5.8%. But guess what? The minute that rate started to escalate, the country fell into recession right around 1979. So the point I'm trying to hammer here, and again, it's easier to notice if you go look at that chart, whether the unemployment rate is bottoming out at 2.75%, or whether the unemployment rate is bottoming out at, say, 5 or 6%, irregardless of how low or how high it might be, whenever it bottoms out, whenever it starts to go up to make a new high, immediately the country goes into recession. This is important to understand because right now the unemployment rate is continuing to go down. Yes, maybe it's manipulated, maybe it's a fudge number, maybe it's not real, but it is the one that the economists use to track the economy. And so while it's not the only indicator I look at, it is definitely a market indicator that I take into account when I look at all the things that are going on. And so irregardless of all the pontificators prophesying about gloom and doom and that the economy is going to fall apart, I'm not saying that's not going to happen. I'm just saying it is most likely not going to happen until that unemployment rate starts to tick up. And right now we are still in a downward trend. What I just discussed now is some of the things that I hit upon over at that YouTube video. What I didn't talk about, though, is the maybe the rationale or the science behind why an increase in unemployment, regardless of what the rate is, why that causes the country to go into recession. And this is where I think it's not all about numbers, but it comes back to human nature and how we humans are very predictable and why I say investing in the stock market has a lot more to do with predicting human nature than it does with predicting balance sheets or looking at profit margins. Now, I believe the reason that the country always goes into recession when the unemployment rate starts to tick up, regardless of what that unemployment rate actual number is, is because people always live well beyond their means. The vast majority of the population lives paycheck to paycheck. 
they're never anticipating an emergency or putting aside any money for a rainy day. If they make a dollar, they spend a dollar fifty. That's the case of the way people live now. That's the way people lived in the 1950s. It's just characteristic of how people live their economic lives. And in fact, that's really one of my reasons why I think that if you really buckle down and you follow the well-steading principles that I talk about, which foremost are staying out of debt and living a, you know, a conservative minimalist lifestyle. If you do that and you learn about investing and with a little luck, just about anybody can become financially independent. You don't have to be Warren Buffett. You don't have to be some Wall Street wizard. It just comes down to hard work and disciplined living. That's what I try and talk about in these episodes. To share with you how it's working out in my life, and then you can take that and run with it and apply it in your own life. But for those of us that do that, we are the very, 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 very small minority. Most people never do that. Again, if they make a dollar, they spend a dollar fifty. And so that explains why as soon as the unemployment rate starts to tick up, even if it just goes up slightly, and even if it goes up from an extremely low level like we're at right now, that can still put the country into recession because nobody has any money saved up for a rainy day. And so the minute they get laid off, they can't afford the big house that they live in. They couldn't afford it before, in fact. They were living paycheck to paycheck, but now that paycheck ended. And they suddenly, instantly, overnight, can't make their mortgage payment. The same thing holds true with their car payment and their credit card payments and their student loan debt and on and on and on. And now they can't go out and eat on Friday night like they normally do because they're broke because they lost their job or because their hours are cut back at work. And so that littlest increase and uptick in the unemployment rate causes the economy to hit a brick wall. And it's just like someone throws a switch. All the orders stop. People stop buying things uh, in, in stores. They don't buy consumable products. They don't buy consumer staples. They don't buy things with their discretionary income. They get late on their car payments. They're late on their mortgage payment. They stop making their student loan payments. It all happens overnight because everybody's broke. So that's why I believe that the unemployment rate, and particularly the unemployment rate when it bottoms out and starts to tick up, that's one of the key numbers, one of the key economic and market indicators you want to keep your eye on. Now, it may not be 100%. As I said, it, there's nothing perfect out there. There's no one algorithm that's going to unify all the theories and tell you exactly when to get in and get out of the market. There's a lot of nuance to it. Uh, the world, the economy is made up with 7 billion people. And so there's not one easy way to do it. But watch that unemployment number. That's one key factor. And then assess that about all the other bigger trends and events that are going on. Now, remember, as I've been talking about for a couple years, and the reason I was so concerned in 2015 and 2016 are the three big mega trends that are going on right now are, are still in place and they haven't gone away. And that's ultimately what's going to pull the country into a recession or cause a, a major pullback in the stock market. I thought we were very close to seeing a 25% pullback back about, I'll say 18 months ago because of these three factors. Again, I'll review them for you real quick. That's the slowdown in China. Number two is rising interest rates from the Federal Reserve. And number three is a huge default rate on loans, particularly in energy or commodity uh, driven companies or countries. So, you know, all the shale oil producers, uh, defaulting on their debt because oil gets too low. 
or the iron ore or copper producers in Australia, uh, them going out of business and then the related real estate market in Australia falling apart and you know that causing a default throughout the financial system because of a collapse in commodity prices. Those were the problems that we were looking at two years ago. Those are the same threats that we're looking at today. They've seemed to subside, but it really is all going to come back, I believe, to whether or not China cannot have a hard landing and can gradually allow their economy to smooth out because there's no way they're going to be growing at double digit numbers anytime, you know, in the near future. It's just not sustainable. And so they need to learn to live with an economy that's maybe growing at three, four, five percent, not the old 11 or 12 percent that it did a decade ago. So keep your eye on the unemployment rate. Keep your eye on the growth rate in China. Keep your eye on where interest rates go. And then finally, watch commodity prices. If you watch those things, I can almost guarantee that you'll be much better off at picking winners and losers in the stock market than you are listening to the pontificators in the media.